Vormes Yudam Beis, team player, Shlichuta Achim Ka'avid. Here we have a beautiful piece of Gemara where we're going to be exploring um, some of the, the underlying mechanism of Yibum. Uh, and, and through that we're going to understand Machlokes Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. There's a fortune of material on this Machlokes Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, and, and particularly among the, uh, the Acharonim, among the more recent uh, Acharonim, there's, a, there's a, a tremendous amount of terror. So I've had to try and find a way to cut through that for us so that we can get a clear understanding of it. Let's start, as, as always, wherever we can with the Posuk. So the Posuk, we're dealing here with Chalitza. The Posuk in Kiteitse explains the process of Chalitza. Um, she takes his foot, shoe off his foot and she spits before him. Amra, and she says, This is what happens to a man who doesn't build the home of his brother. Rashi brings the limit from the Gemara on this and says, From here we have the issue to be meyabim after Chalitza. So if a man did Chalitza, decided he doesn't want his brother's wife, does chalitza, and then he changes his mind and he thinks he missed a good opportunity and now he wants to do yibum, there's an isur. From this posuk, you can't do that. Because it doesn't say this is what happens to a man who didn't build his, husband, his brother's home. It says, who will not build his brother's home. Says, Rashi, since he's, he hasn't built, he chose not to. He doesn't get another chance. Done. Overs. That's what we learn from that posuk. So there's an, a new issue appears to come in. And that's what we're going to look at. Is this a new issue? He did chalitza. So, so there was an issue eishetach. Take a step back. In Arayot, there are three kinds of isurim in the, in the case of forbidden relationships. There's an issue mita. Sometimes as capital offense, Beisdin can put a person to death for it. Then there's the, an issue kores, which is bidei shamayim. And there's an issue love which is a, 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 a forbidden, forbidden relationship, it's an issue of the Torah, Malchus, and so on. Um, here, we, 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 to start off with, an Eishetach is an Isukoris. To, to have a relations with the wife of one's brother would be an Isukoris. Comes Yibum, in that peculiar case of Yibum, not only is it not an Isukoris, it becomes a mitzvah. He does Chalitza. So now what, does she remain an Eishetach as she was before, and the issue is Koris? It would appear not, says Rashi. Now there's a new love. Now that you, you get, did Chalitza, she becomes also with a new love of Asher Yivne et Beit Achiv. So the Gemara deals with this case. He did remarry her. And Rashi explains he can do that. It's also, she's, she's also to him. But if a person marries an, uh, an Isu Kores, if a person marries his sister, it's not a marriage. Nothing happens. It isn't. It's, it's an Isu Koris, and, and the marriage is not a marriage. But if it's a, a love, a person marries a Mamzeret or something, the, the Kiddushin is Kiddushin. The marriage is a marriage. It's Isur. It's, you're not allowed to do it, but the Kiddushin works. So they're two different. That one, that's one of the differences between an Isu love and an Isu Koris. An Isu love, Kiddushin is Chal. If a person marries somebody he shouldn't, and it's forbidden by love, then it's an isu, it, it, the marriage works. If it's an Isu Koris, it doesn't. Here, if he remarries his own chalutzo, 
חזר וכשאומר יש לקיש, הוא אין חייב על החלוץ או כרת, he's not longer חייב כרס. She does not keep her original status of a chiyuv chorus. Va'achin chayovin ala chalutza chorus. But if the brothers have a relationship with this woman who he was, he did chalitza with, for them it's a chorus. So she has a split personality to the brother who, was, who gave her chalitza, she is in love. And to the other brother, she remains the isu chorus she was. Very strange. What about her co-wife? They're not involved in this whole thing, the other wives. So they stay with Chorus. So the only shift in status is her who got the Chalitza. They're, the Chorus is gone for everyone. Even if the brothers have a relationship with this woman or with any of the Tzoros, or he has it, everybody's now with a love and not a not Nisuk Chorus. So the Gemara goes, on my time at Resh Lokish, what's the view of Resh Lokish who says, only he has an Nisuk love and everybody else has a Chorus? There's a new love. That love applies to him. He gave Chalitza. If he gave Chalitza, he now is also with this love of Lo Yivne. But the brothers are where they were. Nothing's changed. And this is all applies to the woman he gave Yibum to. She's the one who said, But the other wives, they're still where they were. So Rabbi Resh Lakish is very clear. There's a change in status in her relationship with him who gave her the Chalitza. But with everybody else, she stays the same. And her co-wives, everything else stays the same. Rabbi Yochanan, so what about Rabbi Yochanan? Says Rabbi Yochanan, This is very important for what we, the principle we're going to learn, the matman that we're going to learn out of this. The matman we're going to learn out of it, when you're working with a team, you've got, sometimes you've got a star and sometimes you've got team players. And they're different human beings. You treat a star differently from team players. They're different. They operate different. Their brains work different. You've got to reward them and recognize them differently. It's different. They both have value. But one has to recognize there's a team player and there's a star. And we're going to work out how to know whether a person's a star or, or a team player. How to know about yourself in a particular situation. Are you a star or a team player? Rabbi Yochan says, is there anything that initially any one of them could have done the chalitza? Anybody of them could have done the chalitza. And, and they could have done it with any of the women. The brother dies, leaves three wives, and he's got three brothers. Any of the three brothers could have said, I'm doing the chalitza. And they could have done the chalitza with any one of the three wives. So they're all, this is a team. Anybody could have stepped forward. He comes with an amazing chidush, Rabbi Yochanan. He is acting as the shaliach of the team brothers. And she is the representative of the team wives. There are two teams. There's a team of brothers. There's a team of wives. The team brothers has a representative who does the yibum. The team wives has a representative who does the yibum or the chalitza in this case. And there are, and it's two teams and the, the halachas apply the same. And Rashi explains it more or less as, as I've just explained, as it's explained to it. So it says, if it weren't for the posuk of lo yivne, even he would have remained with the isu chorus. What changes? She's an ashesach. There's an isu chorus. But now we've got this extra word of lo yivne. 
says Tosu is very important. The chalitza dissolves the chorus. The chalitza dissolves the chorus. Just as the yibum dissolves the chorus, the chalitza dissolves it. But the brothers and the other wives, they don't have lo yivne, so the chorus was never dissolved. So chorus is about the relationship, not about the woman. The relationship had a chorus, but his relationship changes from chorus to love. And as I said to you, there's a lot of discussion, particularly among the Achronim. So in the Gedol Achronim, this is an opportunity for me to just clarify for you who the Gedol Achronim are in terms of the of today's, of modern yeshiva learning, because it's, it's, it's so innovative and it's so new. It all comes down from the Vilna Gaon. Uh, but the people we need to know, one of the big foundations of the way we learn today is Reb Chaim Soloveitchik. Reb Chaim Soloveitchik was the... Uh, um, he was the son of, of, of the Beis Halevi, of, of, of Rabbi Yosheber Soloveitchik. Rabbi Yosheber was a great-grandson of, of Rabbi Chaim Valozhna. So that Rabbi Chaim Valozhna was the Talmud of the Vilna Gaon. Uh, Rabbi Baruch Be'er became co-Rosh Yeshiva with a Nitziv um, in, in, in Valozhna. So that's all that Valozhna school influenced by the Vilna Gaon through Rabbi Chaim Valozhna to the Beis Halevi. The Beis Halevi's son is Reb Chaim. And Reb Chaim innovates a method of reasoning and analysis that is used until this day. Reb Chaim's methodology we use in, in our learning right until this day. It's foundational. But Reb Chaim had a number of important Talmidim. He had many Talmidim. But, but he had four great exponents of his methodology. And the beauty is that each of them are so different, you wouldn't believe they all had the same Rebbe. So they all take Reb Chaim's methodology and take it a step further in their own way. And there we've got Reb Boruch Be'er. Reb Boruch was the Rosh Hashiv in Kamenitz, one of the closest Talmidim of Reb Chaim Soloveitchik. We've got Reb Shimon Shkop, who was a Talmud in, who was the Rosh Hashiv in Grodna. They all were other places beforehand, but that's where they set up their yeshivas. Until the Second World War, these were all Gedoli Yisrael until the Second World War. They died just before the Second World War. Uh, so we've got Reb Shimon Shkop, and then we've got the Briskerov, Reb Chaim's son. It's the Rov in Brisk, and he didn't die. But he, 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 Baruch Hashem, was saved and, and came to Israel. And Reb Chonon Vassaman, he was killed by the Nazis, in Bran, and he was from Branovich. Those four each were exponents of, of Reb Chaim's methodology in completely different ways. And what's interesting, and I'll tell this to you just because you not only are you entitled to know, but you have to know where my Torah comes from. Uh, and, and I've been unbelievably fortu fortunate. Uh, my, the people who really influenced my learning, Reb Leib Gurvitz, Rosh Hashiva in Gateshead, was a Talmud of Reb Chonon Vassaman. So I'm just one generation removed from Reb Chonon Vassaman. My relationship with Reb Meir Soloveitchik and the learning that I got from Reb Avrom Gurvitz come from the Briskerov, one generation away. My Rosh Hashiva, Reb Mishkovsky, was a Talmud of Reb Shimon Shkop, one generation away. And Reb Boruch Be'er's closest Talmud was Reb Noach Simonovitz, who was the founder of Kfar Hasidim and the brother-in-law of, of Reb Elia Mishkovsky. Uh, so his learning influenced the whole yeshiva in Kfar Hasidim, where I did most of, most of my learning. So Boruch Hashem, I was influenced directly by the Talmudim of these four great giants in their, exponent, in their exposing and, and development of Reb Chaim Soloveitch's methodology. And I just took a little bit of Reb Boruch Be'er from you for you on the next, on the next page, um, where he really cuts through it using Reb Chaim, his Rebbe. 
And the issue the Achroinim deal with here is when does her status change? When the brother dies, does she lose this Kores status and now gets a, a new kind of status? Is it the death of the brother that transforms the Isurim? Or is it the act of Yibum and Chalitza that does it? And Rebbe Chonin proves from this Gemara, that Rebbe proves from this Gemara that it's the Chalitza in the Yibum. And he says in that first paragraph, talking about Reish Lokish, learning like Tosfus. If the Chalitza in Yibum wouldn't end the chorus, it detaches from chorus. And since it's the action of Yibum and Chalitza that detaches from the chorus, who, who does Yibum and Chalitza? The one brother. So it just applies to him and everything else stays where it was. He detaches himself and her from the Isu chorus, but it doesn't touch the other brothers, it doesn't touch the other wives. What about Rabbi Yochanan? So he goes in and says, Yeshli Stapik, Rabbi Yochanan, there's a lot of discussion among the Achronim. Is it the death that causes the change? And that's why, is it also that he comes out, my Rabbi, Rabbi Chaim, analyzed this. And he came to the conclusion. And by he, all, he says that Rabbi Yochanan also holds. This is very difficult to learn in the Rambam and the Rashbo, and they deal with that, but we don't need to get into that now. It's very, uh, the, here too, it's the act of the, of the Yibum and the Chalitza that cut off the connection to the Karet. Because if you would suggest that the mere death of the brother and making her available to the brother as a Yevama, that that takes away the chorus automatically, then it doesn't need a detachment. And even the love of we don't need. Why does Rabbi Yochanan have to say you're a shaliach? If, if the karet disappears the moment the brother dies, then it's disappeared for everybody. Why does he have to say shlichutayu ka'avid? So, Baruch Be'er comes to the conclusion based on his Rebbe, Reb Chaim, that the thing that does it is the action. The Yibum or the Chalitza removes the Chiyuv Chorus. That's what does it. So we understand Reish Lakish, it removes it for him because he does the Yibum Chalitza. Ah, says Reish Lakish. He's not a star, he's a team player. That's what Reish Lakish says. And as a team player, when he does Yibum, they're all doing Yibum. When he does Chalitza, they're all doing Chalitza. It's like when the Shliach Tzibur stands in front of the Tzibur, it's, he's not davening for himself. When he said, when he's davening Chazoros Hashatz, we're all davening Chazoros Hashatz. Every one of us. When he's saying Kedusha, we're all saying Kedusha. That's what, the, that's what a Shaliach is. A Shaliach is not just I'm doing it on your behalf. When I do it, we're all doing it. Um, and that's how Reish Lokish, um, and, and that's what Rabbi Yochan is, Mechadish, yeah, that they work, these are two teams, only one person can do it. They choose the person and they do the chalitza or the yibum, but they're doing it for the teams, for all the brothers and for all the, and for all the wives. And here you get the essence of understanding the difference between a team player. What's, how does Rabbi Yochanan get to it that they're team players? Rabbi Yochanan says very clearly, the reason we know that it's a team is, anybody could have done it. If you've got a team and somebody scores a goal or a point or whatever, whatever sport you're playing, and you say to yourself, you know, with that team support, anybody in that position at that time could have done it. But sometime you've got, sometimes you've got a star and he scores something, you've got to look at that and say, 
You know, only a Kobe Bryant could have done that. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody else could have done that. That's a star. The Yisoyed of team is anybody could do it, but one did. If you were chosen or happened to be the one, it's not you, it's the whole team. You couldn't have done it without the team. The whole team is there, you represent the team, the whole team scored. And one has to see it, That's a, there's a limit haskell for the individual, not just for how you treat him, but the individual has to understand, I'm no star, I scored, but this is a team thing, it wasn't, I was the Yobam, but I did it for all the brothers. She's the Yavama, she did it for all the wives. This is a team thing. But if there's something where, where that Svora wouldn't apply, nobody else could have done this but him. That then we wouldn't say that he's a, this is a team. Then we would say this is an individual acting as an individual. And each of us has to understand when we're doing things, and most of what we do are team things, that if anybody else was in that place at that time with that circumstance, with the support of the people around him or her, they could have done the same thing. In that case, we're acting as part of a tzibur, we're acting as part of a community. Occasionally we do things that nobody else could have done, that's an amazing opportunity when that is case. When we really use our uniqueness to do something that no other individual could have done, then we're acting as a star. That's something that we are responsible for and it is our credit. 